Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast and thank you so much for being here with me. And I'm really excited because today I'm actually going to address a question that a listener sent to me. Um, I've been really into doing that lately, by the way. So if you have questions about anything from tarot to astrology to living with intention to law of attraction and manifestation to modern witchcraft and crystal healing... Literally, I am open to all of it. I can't promise that I will choose your question to answer. Um, And a lot of times I'll get emails that contain multiple questions. So I obviously, you know, pick those pretty intentionally and try to select the ones that really resonate for me and that really feel like questions that a lot of people are probably thinking and wondering about. So, um, you know, I, I can't necessarily promise that. But please send me your question. I'm actually really good about responding to emails. So it's more than likely that even if I don't necessarily address your question here on the podcast, I can at least respond via email and address your thoughts with hopefully something that's helpful and meaningful. So um, please hit me up. My email is the Smart Witch Podcast at gmail.com. So you can find me there. Um, I will link to that at the bottom of this description of this episode, although I think that's probably pretty easy to remember. But anyway, so the question is actually very, very simple. So this listener wanted to know, in my opinion, how to direct creative energy or channel creative energy into specific projects. Oh, that is such a good question. And as usual, I'm not necessarily going to address this question in particular, as in, you know, answer it, because the questions I choose, in case you haven't noticed, do tend to be a little bit open-ended. Sometimes I'll answer questions that are cut and dry, but for the most part, I really like to talk about things that are complicated and that are layered and that we can kind of almost debate a little bit. So I have a lot of controversial and unpopular even opinions in response to that particular question that I really want to share with you and just sort of invite you to consider. And I actually got this question a while ago, but I wanted to save it for this time of year in particular because at the time of my recording, I think it's the 24th, and we just had in the Northern Hemisphere the spring equinox on the 20th with the sun's entrance into Aries. And the spring equinox is the official beginning of creation season. This is officially the time of year in which we can start to channel our energy into creation as opposed to rest and recovering lost energy, which is how we channel our energy in the wintertime if we work with the seasons intentionally. And then in the fall, it's all about releasing what didn't come to pass and harvesting what did and essentially just taking stock of that. So Um, Summer is also kind of creative, but really spring is that initial burst of excitement where we set our intentions, we set our goals, and we start to, to direct our creative energy and allow that to essentially... Um, take the lead in our lives. So I feel like this is a really well-timed question. So hopefully you're feeling it. And um, I definitely am. I have been feeling really creative lately. 
Um, I've been kind of like writing all the time. So I definitely feel like that's in the field. And I love this question too, because I know that I personally am a very creative person and I feel that like attracts like. So I know that most of you probably are creative people or creators of some kind that listen to this podcast. And moreover to that end, I believe, and I think that this is not so controversial. I think most people would agree with this statement that everybody is inherently creative. I don't think that anybody is just simply not a creative human. Human beings have have the ability to create. It's in fact what we do. We are constantly creating and that's as witches a process that we bring into our conscious mind and we we essentially, you know, create our lives with intention whereas the average joe, the average muggle that doesn't necessarily set intentions or work with energy or, you know, do their mental work they're still creating their lives all the time. They're just not necessarily mindful about that process. They're not taking control of it and in, in positioning themselves in a way that they're empowered in doing so. So that's really the difference. So it's important to kind of name that. I think that really everybody is creative. So even if you don't necessarily identify as an artist or someone that makes a living doing something that's inherently creative, you're still a creative being and this episode is absolutely for you. So that's important to mention. And this point that I want to make um, heavily is actually kind of related to that point, which is that what's nice is that creative energy is just energy. We can call it creative energy if we want to, but we really don't even need to put the word creative there because essentially all energy is creative inherently. And so there's really no such thing as creative energy, much in the same way as, in my opinion, there's no such thing as positive versus negative energy. That's not really a thing. And again, my opinion and also my experience. And that's essentially what's taught in most energy healing classrooms. Um, Barbara Brennan, who wrote Hands of Light, and she's a really influential voice in the healing touch community, was a really big proponent of this idea that there really is no positive versus negative energy. And when we experience illness in the physical body, whereas a lot of people think this is like bad vibes or something like that, um, a lot of the ancients perhaps would have used that language. She doesn't really believe that. Instead, she essentially says that all energy is neutral and what causes dis-ease in the physical body is actually energy that's just become stagnant. It's become stuck and it's not flowing in the way that it should and would if we were experiencing optimum health and, and energy levels. So that's something that I really want to invite you to consider that all energy is creative, all energy just kind of is what it is. So there's not really such thing as sexual energy that's different from psychic energy, that's different from um, you know anger energy. It's all literally energy. Energy is neutral and it is inherently creative. And from there, what charges it and what essentially directs it and channels it is the witch in question or the person in question. If you don't necessarily identify as a witch, which if you're here, I would assume that you are in some way a person who um, fits one of the descriptions of witch, because of course there are many as we discuss here. But that being said, um, I really think that's important to, to discuss. So if you're thinking about, you know, trying to raise creative energy and that's something that's on your mind, I really want you to just consider the fact that all energy is creative energy. So, you know, this is actually something that my Reiki master taught me as well, because a while back, um, 
when I was probably just getting initiated a couple years ago, we were talking and I was saying how when I was a little girl, um, like very young, I was very sexual. I was very aware of my body sexually and not at all in terms of like, you know, being sexual with other people necessarily. I'm literally talking about you know, being five years old, but I was very aware of my body sexually and what felt good physically. And I would say much more so than the average person at that age. And we were talking about that. She was saying that she experienced the same thing. And what she said to me, and the reason for that is because essentially psychic energy and sexual energy are virtually the same thing. There's really no difference between them. And so as a little witchlet that was only five years old, when I didn't really know how to work with that, that psychic energy, I just knew that there was energy coursing through my body and because I didn't understand what it was or how to use it for other things, it essentially manifested a sexual energy, which obviously is a very you know good outlet for that. So I just want to invite you into the mindset that you essentially have what we can call creative energy coursing through your body all the time. It's always there. You don't need to do anything to create it or conjure it. It's already there. And now the other thing that I want to say, and there's actually a couple points, obviously, that I want to make, but the next point that I really want to make is that while this creative energy is always inside of us, this, this potential to be creative, it's something that literally we can always access. It's always there. There are times, and particularly you know, cyclical seasons for many of us, in which this potential and this energy that's creative goes a little bit dormant. And that doesn't mean that it's not there. It's, again, like our sexuality, like our, you know, like anything else, it is something that we have a season for. And what I find challenges people about this is that especially if you are someone who earns a living through being creative, so maybe you're a writer or a chef or you know, an artist or anything where your income depends to any extent on your creative impulses and whether or not you're feeling creative at any one particular time then that can be a little bit challenging because it can be difficult to honor when maybe you're just not in a season where you are actively creating. And that doesn't mean that you're not creative. It just means that you are in a rest phase, that you're in a phase where you are stewing, you are um, forming ideas, you are, what is the word I'm looking for? There's a really good word. Um, Is it, it starts with a G. It's like, I want to say gesticulating, but I feel like that's not the right word at all. Um, gestating? No. Well, it starts with a G. But essentially, it's when something is brewing within. And that is absolutely a part of the creative process. We have to remember that the creative process, by the way, is not linear. It is messy. It is inherently not pretty. And it's not necessarily an ABC practice where we you know, have an idea, we do the thing, and we, we're done. That's not really what true creativity looks like. And no creator, I think it was Toni Morrison that said, Said that for the first time publicly, but no create no creative person that's that's famous and successful would tell you that the creative process is um, constant, that it's predictable, that it's clean, that it's neat and tidy, and so it's really important to remember that. Not only do we as beings that are complex and alive go through seasons and cycles where we're kind of needing to rest versus seasons and cycles where we're actively putting things out and offering things and making things, 
But it's also important to remember that even if we're in a season where we have an idea and we're working with that concept, it might be months to years before we're ready to birth that into the world in, the, in a physical way. And so it's really important to honor the complexity of your personal process and not only of where you are at a given time in your personal creative cycle, whether you're in a rest season or a season of, of offering, of making, of creating, of marketing, um, but also every idea and every project will will hit you differently. It will require a different process. It will require a different amount of time and it will certainly look different. So that's so important to keep in mind. And again, in our society, which is capitalistic, um, that's not something that is not only mentioned, but it's kind of frowned upon this notion that it's okay to rest. That's not really an impression that we get. Literally, as children, we go into public schools. We are immediately conditioned to believe that we are to be producing all the time, that we should always be striving, that we should always be making things, that we should always be working toward the next thing. And that if we're not actively creating, if we're not actively making something or working on something or working towards something, then we are being lazy or we're failing. And that's something that I think we get better at with every generation. I think that with my generation, especially now that I'm a young adult, I'm really being invited to consider other options. And, you know, again, when we look to nature, everything really does have its cycle and its season. And it's so appropriate to give ourselves that time. Not only is it appropriate, but it's necessary to give ourselves that time where we allow ourselves to rest. That's literally a part of the creative process. So that's something that's really important to remember. So if you're in a phase where you're kind of frustrated because either your process doesn't look the way that you want it to, or maybe you don't have a particular idea, you just are frustrated because you're just not feeling creative at all right now, just understand that the best thing you can do is accept that and just let it be and understand that you're in a phase where you are not, you are needing to just sort of sit on a concept or an idea and rest and care for yourself and allow those ideas to come to you with time. And you can't really force it, unfortunately. So that's kind of my two cents on that. Now to that end, here's what I also want to say. And this is like, not always the case, but I think that for the most part, it's pretty true. And this is not necessarily a popular opinion, but it's one that I believe really strongly, which is that a creative project is going to be messy. It is going to be probably challenging, especially if it's something that you really care about, if it's something that is going to you know, elicit feedback that you might not necessarily love or that might really trigger some of your wounding. Like the cross the the process of creating and releasing something into the world is absolutely one that will stretch and contract you. But at the same time, it is my belief that the process of creating something that you care about should be fun and easeful. And I believe that if it's not, if it feels like an uphill battle, if it feels like pulling teeth, then something's wrong. Then you're forcing it. I would love to tell you that we can take this creative energy that's always within us and direct it and channel it into one particular project at will and on command. But the truth is that if you don't feel inspired by something and if something doesn't naturally conjure that enthusiasm and that energy and rouse it out of you, if the muse doesn't come to your best bedside, as they say, then I don't believe that you can force it. And actually, I shouldn't say that you can't force it because of course you can. Of course you can force it. People do it. People do it all the time. But 
it's not going to be quality work. It's not going to be a product that you are really excited about or that you believe in. And also, if it's something that you're selling or offering, people are going to sense that too. They're going to sense that it is not, you know, it wasn't made with excitement. It wasn't made with love. It wasn't made with joy. And that's another belief that I think comes from a capitalist paradigm, which is that something has to be hard in order to be valuable or, you know, worth anything. So if we didn't struggle to make something like say writing a book was a joyful process for you and then you are compensated and you almost feel guilty accepting that money because you didn't struggle. That's a very backwards belief system that basically never applies in my opinion. It's never true. Um, But the creative process, again, it's not that it's easy in the sense that it is not challenging because of course it is, but the process of actually applying astaceet and writing, you know, the book or creating the menu or, you know, making the sculpture, whatever it is, um, writing the song, shouldn't be, shouldn't feel like you are pulling teeth, um, in my opinion. And if it does, my advice as a creative person and as, as a creator is really just not to force it because you can force it, but what you're going to end up with is going to feel so different. And I can literally, as I said, vouch as someone that, that produces, you know, the newsletter, which is one of my most, you know, widely available creative offerings. I write that every week. And for me, you know, consistency is really important. It's not that I'm compensated financially for that, but I just really feel like it's important to send that out every week. I know that a lot of people really like getting it. It grounds them, it centers them, it anchors them. And also it's meditative for me. I know that I feel good when I just get it done. So of course there are some weeks where I'm more excited about the prospect of writing the newsletter than other weeks. Sometimes it is work. Sometimes I don't feel it as much. I can pretty much always get there, but usually um, I'm excited about it. But I do have times where I'm just not. And when I write it anyway, I, as I read it, can distinctly tell that I wrote it from a, from a, a less juicy space than I usually do. Like I can absolutely tell the difference between when I forced it versus when it just came naturally and felt really good. And I know that this isn't, you know, necessarily that easy when you think about the fact that maybe you are getting paid for a project, so you do kind of need to finish it. But that's kind of a secondary conversation because I, again, have the unpopular belief that it's not necessarily the right thing, quote unquote, for everybody to make your creative passion your career. And I don't think any one thing is right for everybody, but we are fed this idea very young and very early in life that we should find what we love and make it our job, make it the way that we earn money. And we're also fed the contrary ideas that things should be hard in order to be, you know, worth anything, in order to be in order for us to be compensated for them. We're also fed the notion that we should constantly be in productivity mode, even though that's simply not possible or, you know, manageable. So we're fed a lot of contrary ideas that are inherently antithetical to one another about how we should be engaging with our productivity and our creativity specifically. And that's really important to think about. And I really do want to invite you to consider if you are struggling with a creative project that you are, you know, that is your related to a a financial opportunity, that you might be happier if you separated the two. Um, Because sometimes we can suck all the joy and all the juice out of our creativity if we are now kind of needing needing it in order to literally put food in our fridge. So that's something to think about. Um, But I really do want to emphasize that essentially 
I want you to really rethink your whole relationship to creativity because your creative process is going to be so unique to you. And at the end of the day, if I could just say one thing and make one point about this, it is just that I don't think you can force it. I think that we need to rest when we feel that we need to rest. I think we need to abandon the projects that don't light us up or spark joy in us. And I feel like if we're meant to create something, then it will flow. And if it's not flowing, that's either because it's not the right project or it's not the right time. We haven't maybe learned everything we need to learn or, you know, sat on the idea long enough to be able to produce it the way that it's meant to be born. Um, So there's all sorts of, of things to think about there. But I feel like these are the points that I really wanted to make in response to this very good question. So hopefully this episode has helped you. I know that it wasn't the cut and dry answer that you perhaps wanted. Um, but honestly, even the short answer is that there really is no one way to direct creative energy into a particular project. Obviously, there's tools. Um, As witches, we have all kinds of tools. So you can work with crystals. If you're looking to really stimulate your creative energy, you'll want to look at crystals for the sacral chakra. So those would be orange crystals, particularly carnelian, which is um, essentially fire agate. It's a crypto-crystalline quartz. That's a really good crystal. It's my go-to actually for um, stimulating creative energy in the body. You could also do some tapping if you're experiencing writer's block or um, there's all sorts of scripted tapping routines on YouTube that you could that you could tap along with that are all about unblocking creative um, blockages. So that's something you can try as well. There's definitely tools, but at the end of the day, I really do want you to consider that, you know, this is not as hard as we think it is not to say that it's easy, but it is simple in my opinion. So hopefully this has helped you. Um, If you like the podcast, I would love to invite you to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. I send it out every Tuesday morning. This week it was actually a little bit later. It was just sent out today, which is a Wednesday. So sorry about that. I've been a little bit of a delinquent with getting that out on time, but it is always out usually every single week unless, you know, something happens where I just need to take the week off, but it's pretty consistent. So you can always find me there. I will post the link in the description of the episode for you to subscribe. Basically, we just talk about the astrology of the week. I pull at least one tarot card every week and we talk about that. I publish my weekly gratitude list on there. And sometimes I'll just kind of muse on things that are going on in my life. So it's a really fun place to be. So I'll definitely post that link below. And that's pretty much it. I guess this was kind of a shorter episode episode. So um, I might do another one this week. I'm not sure. It kind of depends on how the week goes. It's been a little bit busy, so um, I'm not sure. But I will probably talk to you again very soon, if not here, then in the newsletter. And I want to thank you for being here. And once again, please send me your questions. I love knowing what's on your guys' mind. I like to address things on the podcast that I feel you guys actually want to hear about. So um, this is a very non-judgmental open space. There's very little that you could send me that would shock me or, you know, that wouldn't be anything that I could at least give you some insight on or direct you to somebody who can. So honestly, try me. And again, my email will be posted down below. It's the smartwitchpodcast at gmail.com. So you can find me there. Thank you again and happy spring and happy airy season. Take care and I will talk to you again very soon.